Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of It's a Sign podcast. Today we will be talking about one of my favorite subjects actually, which is angels. And it's a much bigger subject than you might imagine. There's so much history behind the mythology of angels and all types of cultures. And we'll be covering as much as we can within this episode. But I do think it's something that will come up again in future episodes. So yeah, grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Oh yeah, nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to do the intro for a change, so I, I hope you guys appreciated that. No, I was very impressed. <laughs> but yep, um, we are going to do a deep dive today. We dug deep into the rabbit hole and um, you know we came up with all sorts of different images, metaphors, symbols for what the different angels are. And you know, many of us kind of when we think angel we think of the christian image and the myth, myth, the mythology there but um we wanted to go a bit deeper and try and uncover the truth behind the secret symbology of the angels what is really there what is between the lines written between the lines and um yeah so that's what we're going to do today yeah so, yeah, like I said before, when people think of angels, it's mostly like majestic, beautiful, blonde-haired. Not always blonde. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally Raphael's normally got black hair. Well, I was describing myself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, He's majestic. <laughs> I am. <laughs> majestic, human-like, winged beings, you know? Um, or even those little cherubs, like those little chubby baby kind of images that you see on church chapels or cathedral domes or anything like that. Um, but when you actually go and dig into the first Testament, um, things get a little weirder, more bizarre, and honestly a bit horrifying. Mm. So, um... According to the Bible, the First Testament, there are m- many different types of angels um, that surround God. And um, they were kind of ranked by this Jewish scholar, and I really don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm going to try. It's Maimonides. Maimonides, I don't know. And he ranked them in terms of importance within the hierarchy of heaven. And um, we're just going to quickly go into a brief description. I know we mentioned this in a previous podcast about orbs, but I think we can't have a podcast about angels without discussing each kind of 
tier. So, um, the first one is the cherubim, which has later been shortened to cherub and the image has been changed drastically. And Halki, I really want your point of view in this one when I when I after I describe it. Mm -hmm. So, um, the cherubim is the lowest in the rank out of four, and they describe this as an animal-human hybrid with four different heads, tasked with guard with guarding the Garden of Even Eden. Sorry, against humankind. So. In the book of Ezekiel, the prophet's vision depicts them as having four faces, that of a lion, an ox, an eagle, and a human. They have straight legs, four wings, and bull hooves for, heat, for feet. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Bull wings for heat. <laughs> so... It's one of those days, guys, like, <laughs> I've been dropping everything. You're just... Mixing up your words, yeah. Yeah. So Stick with us. One set of wings covers their body. The other set is used for flight. So what does this kind of remind you of, this imagery? Yeah, it reminds me of the tarot, the world card, and the wheel of fortune card, which is number 10, like Trump 10 and Trump 21. And... um they also represent the four fixed signs mm -hmm. in the zodiac so the four fi the four <laughs> fixed signs are taurus leo scorpio and aquarius mm -hmm. so i think originally those were the you know the images used for those zodiacs mm -hmm. yeah so what is the so I, yeah, because I remember in the world card, there's there's a hermaphroditic figure yeah. floating in the sky. Do they have wings? No. 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 And there's four heads on the corner of the card, right? And those are the different heads that are described here. The same heads in the book of Ezekiel. Yeah, the, yeah. and also on the Wheel of Fortune card, and. Um, that's like Trump 10, so it's right in the middle of the fool's journey. Mm. And it's sort of a less com complete, you know, because sort of the world is completion and ready to move on to the next cycle. And that's why I guess he shows up in that hermaphrodite form. Yeah. You know, because all is encompassed mm -hmm. in one. Yeah. And in the Wheel of Fortune card, he's just a will. And I believe it's like on one side is of the wheel or the underside is the like a type of serpent. And the other one is like that, um, like, I think it's because I haven't got the card in front of me, but mm -hmm. it's like a that dog shape, like dog head mm -hmm. creature. What's mm -hmm. that? What's his name? Cerberus. And I'm not sure. But yeah, like it's a more of a an energy which is testing you right mm -hmm. so you've got that support with all those fixed signs on each corner that angelic support but um you're sort of being more tested you know mm. like with with the serpent and eve and that kind of energy mm. cool well yeah when when we look at the cherub's function it's kind of guarding the sacred place 
And um, you see this kind of symbology in Babylonia with um, this creature called the Lamassu, in Egypt with the Sphinx, you know, the lion-headed creature, and um, in, in Hittite, which is like the Jewish tradition with the griffin. Yeah, and if it, it's also interesting, if you think of the fixed signs, they're in the middle of each season. So you have like Leo's in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. Taurus is in the middle of spring, mm-hmm. um, Aquarius is in the middle of winter, and Scorpio in the middle of fall, um, which they also sort of stand, they're very connected with angels still, because we'll go on later, I'll talk about the elements connected with the angels and there's like four angels for each element and direction yeah. as well so if you think they're like it's four directions like so in a way that you're supported all the the way around like mm-hmm. each angel covers the whole spectrum mm. yeah so as we're kind of going through these i just want to raise the question of like what symbology what do you think this is symbolic for because while it's a very physical description and you know these prophets could may have actually seen these things you know they may have actually um, witnessed it through a vision um, but what does this mean within the internal journey you know I always think that what we see externally or what we see in visions is a metaphor a symbol for something internal so as we go through these kind of keep that in mind Mm -hmm. so the second tier of angel are called the Malachim, and it's the Hebrew word for messenger, which is Malach, Malachim, are the messengers of God and are the closest looking to us human in, in this depiction. Um, sorry, third rank is what I mean. So fourth cherubim, third rank, these guys. Um, so these are... This is one like uh, Gabriel, for example, they're often linked with him who told Mary of her immaculate conception. And um, so these are the kind of like beings who appear to people with messages. Um, And they're normally divine transmissions of the word of God. And when we think of the word of God, I'm I'm not thinking about this like big guy up in the sky kind of speaking through like the microphone of an angel or something but i i see it as like there's a divine language and this divine language is the frequency of the universe and to speak the word of god is to speak the magic incantation it's to speak the magic um the true language of the world and i think the languages we're in now have fallen from that where We're now in a symbolic language. We're not speaking directly to reality. We're not speaking reality. We're speaking in symbols, which is only pointing to or alluding to reality. You know, when we think of a tree, we're not invoking the power of a tree. When we're speaking about the wind, we're not speaking the true name of the wind and invoking the wind. Like in Mesopotamia, who the sage Adapa, there was a wind and he spoke its name and the wind stopped blowing. And um, so, you know, that's that's what I think when I think of the, the word of God. It's a, a true resonant frequency message that's, you know, not um, toned down. And also possibly like 
especially the way angels have, you know, in our history, come up in a lot of religious texts and cultures and stuff Mm -hmm. is, I think it's a way for God to manifest in a way that's acceptable to the said person that's receiving the message. Yeah. So it makes sense that the messenger would appear most like what we're used to, most like what we're comfortable with. whoever is receiving it, because I think maybe there was a time where the people, like with those weird orb wind Mm -hmm. angels that don't have don't look like humans at all. Yeah. Look like almost alien. Yeah. Like there must have been some that must have been perceived by minds that were more more open minded and mm. um creative in their thinking or Well yeah, so the next one is called are called the Seraphim. And these ones are kind of this really cool uh concept and they're um so they're second in rank, and they, they're described by the prophet Isaiah as having six wings, two of which are for flying, while they use the rest to cover their heads and feet. But all you can see is this, like, eyes and head in the center of all these wings that are yeah. constantly moving. But what is interesting is that he said that they're surround the throne of God singing god's name which i don't think they're just saying god 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 or holy 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 they're saying they're i think they're resonating the frequency of god you know and that's what they're chanting over and over again is the frequency that um of you know light of the universe of the source Mm -hmm. there that's what they're chanting and it's like a um I think if you were to be in the presence of something like that, you would be completely filled with that yeah, frequency. Yeah, if you think of like a lot of hymns and, um, you know, like the music sung by choirs in church and stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just sound, not words, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, like they're definitely tuning into something yeah. and whoever wrote that music, I think it was... You know, like you don't need words to speak the name of God. I yeah. think it's like creating a vibration within the body and the voice box. Yeah, yeah. Because in every tradition, like Sufi traditions, like they are known for singing, and it's bef- the like is in Islam you're chanting and singing the name of God in these complex um, prayers. But the Sufism was like we need to get the God into the everyday people because everyday people couldn't read back then Mm -hmm. so they had very simple chants but what they were doing was they were invoking these um, songs to God which was sound through sound and even in um, India through raga singing they're they're chanting the names of the deities and they say each note in the musical scale is a divine being and when you reach that note, you invoke the divine being, but you have to be so precise and so tuned in to reach that pure note. Uh, most people, when they sing, they're not actually hitting those pure notes, you mm. know, but you can feel it when someone really tunes in, your whole body shivers, you know, and that I think is the language of God. It's like this frequency. It's yeah, rather than the words. words. Yeah. yeah. 
And so seraphim derives from the Hebrew word seraph, which means to burn. So these depictions are, they also have these like fiery wings, you know, these, and you all, you think about like holy fire, you know, spirit fire. Um, and it can also mean venomous desert snake, which is in, or the flaming one, which is interesting. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of theorized that they may derive from kind of Egyptian imagery, um, because fire was often associated with the cobra. So I'm not sure. Um, but I think the weirdest one out of all of them and the highest ranking are these beings or things called the orifim and pretty much they're wheels with wings and eyes all over them. Yeah, which we mentioned in our orb episode. So yeah. definitely go and check out the orb episode. It was one of my favorite episodes that we mm-hmm. we did. And we did mention these angels because I think there is a connection possibly. Because they have that, they're like a sphere, you know. Yeah. They have a similar energy to orbs. So... So sorry, I burped. In Ezekiel's account in the Bible, he describes them as being made out of interlocking gold wheels with each wheel's exterior covered with hundreds and hundreds of eyes. They move by floating themselves in the sky as and um, they're tasked also with guarding guarding God's throne. So um, there is... uh, no exact kind of historical origin for the orifim, but there's this guy named Joseph Blumrick, who is a NASA employee, and he theorized that Ezekiel's vision of the wheels and other angels might have been extraterrestrial UFO sightings. Um, so this is some Possible. guy from NASA who's, who's thinking this, you know. Um, but most people look at him as a conspiracy theorist, but... Heliki and I are very much believers of kind of extraterrestrial life and Definitely. aliens. So, yeah. So what do you think about all of those depictions of the angels that they're not really fixed beings? They're kind of amorphic. They, they're kind of very shrouded. Um, they're often depicted with fire or chanting a specific tone or as guardians. I think it's really interesting and only I I'd heard about the last two mm-hmm. because we've spoke about them before but um yes it's really interesting yeah so moving kind of um forward we have this book that hasn't been included in the bible but it's really interesting to read through and I've read through it. I had actually a friend who was obsessed with it. He was Christian and he didn't really follow the Bible, but he followed this book called the book of Enoch. Yeah. And, and it's like people probably listening have heard of the book, whether they've read it or not. Like I've heard mm-hmm. of it. I don't know much about it, but it is referenced a lot in the spiritual community. I've noticed. Yeah. And he was like a, I had some very interesting moments with that guy. His name was Jeremiah, which is uh, one of the prophet's names, actually. But mm-hmm. he gave me a very interesting experience where he uh, he said he was, you know, channeling this 
feeling from God and he said, can you, can you share it with me? And we were just sitting by this river and he put his hand on my left shoulder. I, I can still feel it. Like it was like white hot, almost like, but not burning, you know, it was just so present, I guess. And my whole body was filled with this white light and I began to cry. And when he took his sh hand off my shoulder, the white light receded and then it was back to my closed eyes. And I was just like crying and filled with this like love. So <laughs> this is such a beautiful experience. So. Yeah, it was really otherworldly and kind of, you know, crazy. Um, How did you connect that with angels? Well, I just I just kind of brought that up because I think that was like a direct source light, you know? Yeah. I'm uh, not so sure it's really correlated with the angels, but I'm just bringing it up because he was my first introduction to the book of Enoch and I began reading it because he would always like preach it like this preacher. Um, even when we would meet new people, he'd just start talking about it and like get so passionate, you know, and just like, like start standing up and like embodying the words. It was really really fun um, to hang out with him for a bit. Um, but moving on, according to the book of Enoch, there were these beings called the Watchers. Mm -hmm. And they were these kind of golden angelic beings who were seen as being the sons of God and the sons of heaven who were assigned to watch over humans. But... It is understood that the woman's beauty on earth kind of seduced them and they it caught the attention of the watchers and this beauty led the watchers to abandon their role and became consorts to the woman on earth and they're they're described as being fallen angels more and, than one that's interesting because I, yeah. I never really think of lucifer when it yeah. comes to fallen angels we normally only really hear about him but apparently there were 200 of them jeez and so these 200 watchers these angels impregnated women on earth basically mm. and um they also were kind of assigned with teaching mortal women sorcery, incantations, and dividing of the roots and trees. Interesting. It's like maybe the first witches were born. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I believe this one. <laughs> yeah, this one no. seems a bit far-fetched. Like yeah. angels, meaning all angels are male, for starters. Yeah. Um, well, these watchers. You know. Just so, not all angels. These all watchers. all men are or men angels could only be bad and fall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, obviously it's... The, well, just like we said, there's tiers and groups of angels. There's different celestial beings, you know. Um, but what's implied here is that the Watchers divulged information about the heavens and life itself um, that God had not intended man to know. And when we actually... Um, look into the Sumerian texts, there's a very similar story. There was a story that these um, Anunnaki beings um, mm -hmm. bred with the humans on Earth and created these giants, these kind of hybrids. And in the book of Enoch, the, the same thing is said. 
So they gave birth to children of the Watchers, which are hybrid of angel and human, which are called the Nephilim. And so we've heard the, yeah, so Nephilim, cherubim, seraphim, you know, we kind of have this contingency. So these Nephilim are half man, half celestial, right? And so they were on the earth in those days afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of man and had children with them. So that is in actually Genesis 6.1. So they're also described as heroes of old and men of power. So when we look into, and not just men, because there was also women Nephilim that were born. So when we look into our myths, when we look into Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, Sumerian mythology, and now Christian mythology, all of them, oh, and Norse mythology, Nordic, all of them talk about giants. Yeah. These big beings. And when you look at the Egyptian architecture, you know, they even used to say that the pharaoh was bigger. He was he was giant compared to normal humans. And that's why that they had all these giant archways, these giant doorways into their temples. Yeah, and um like they did I think people have found like giant skeletons, I'm not sure for certain, <laughs> but I've like seen conspiracy documentaries. Mm. So I really do feel like that's such a high possibility that giants did live here. And I don't know whether they're photoshopped, but I've seen some images, like old black and white photos of like these really, no, really tall people, alive people. Mm. Um, Like way taller than you, you know, like really tall that when people were really short back then, naturally. Yeah. Like the king, there's this one king called Gilgamesh who's in Sumeria. He's probably the most famous known uh, person, but he was said to be giant. And um, he even wrestled with these large creatures and monsters or and even tried and he was a demigod. I heard though that they were also like, well, they were really like kind, like gentle giants. Yeah, so there is a mixed thing here. There is a mixture that there were ones that kind of were destroying things. And then there were others that were more helpful, more wise. Um, but in Enoch's telling, he pretty much says that they're kind of all bad and they began to destroy everything men had built and kill people. And then they began to destroy themselves. So this is all pre-deluge period. This is pre-flood period. This is what Enoch is talking about. And things got so bad that God was like, okay, we need to put a flood. And <laughs> in the story, God tells Noah to build the ark. And the ark story is actually taken from Mesopotamian mythology, um, where I forgot his name, but there was this, uh, there was, it was, it was a different name um, instead of Noah. And he was tasked to build an ark and eventually he was granted like immortality 
but basically this flood wiped out all the giants, wiped out most of humanity, and we had to kind of restart. And when you look at all the different mythologies, they all have a flood story. So is this part of a secret past that we kind of don't know about? Um, you know, was there civilization? Was there life before the flood? Which, you know, was said to be like 10,000 years ago, you know, before civilization was said to have risen. So, yeah, who knows? And um, so, yeah, as we begin to go through this, Enoch describes seeing um, the seeing through kind of several layers of heaven. And he discovered these beings called the Grigori which were a race of angels, um, but their faces were withered and kind of like silent, kind of decrepit. And the prince of these angels was called Satanal, Satan. Hmm. And Satan was, you know, in the Bible said to be cast out of heaven at a great height and is the one who deceives the world and all of the angels that followed were cast out with him so enoch goes on to be kind of exalted by god he does all these things and he eventually ascends into the angel metatron i know metatron is really big in the new age community he was actually the first angel I came into contact with because I was very much into sacred geometry and sacred geometry, there's this thing called Metatron's cube. And I used to draw Metatron's cube and kind of worked with that energy for a bit. Mm. And so Enoch is said to be, to have been a human who ascended into an angel. Oh, and I found it. So the Noah was actually called Zeusudara in Mesopotamia. And he was, the flood story is almost identical. So if you look up the Mesopotamian flood story. And um, yeah, so they were said to have also demons that were considered divine origin and were originally messengers of divine anger. Um, so that's another thing. So what do you think about all of that, about Enoch's kind of story? Well, I, I think it resonates, like it feels possible. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, even in New Age kind of things, there's this whole story about hybridization, you know, create, creation of like these hybrid humans, that there are these alien god figures, na na na. But I, what where that all came from um, was actually from this guy who claimed to be an archaeologist and a scholar. And he was actually, you know, he was the one who came up with this Anunnaki developing mankind to mine gold and everything, you know, yeah. these hybrid beings. Um, but it was all fake, pretty much. He, he, he faked his credentials. He faked all these different things. Um, so... He was basically taking these some of these ancient texts and kind of skewing all the words. Oh, so he wasn't like in a, it wasn't like a clairvoyant thing. No. Oh. Um, yeah. So, 
we're going to get into kind of the metaphor and symbology for all of this a little bit later. Um, but I just want to kind of dive into some different cultures that have um, angelic beings. Okay. Yeah. So in Indian mythology, there are divine celestial beings known as devas and dakinis. And this is the beginning of kind of like in Buddhist and Hindu texture, I mean, texture, scripture, <laughs> everything is more symbolic. Whereas in the Bible, a lot of things are taken more literally. Um, and so here they're called, they're described as being aspects of the divine. So every, every God, every kind of Dev or Dakini you see in Hindu and you know, many Christians even believe that Hindu is not a monotheistic religion, you know, that there's many different gods. But even within Hinduism, they believe that all these different gods are different faces. They're different aspects of the divine. And um, so these beings were mainly messengers who appeared to sages such as Milarapa. So there's some connection here. And it might be a stretch to correlate the two, but these Dakinis were often conveyed as messengers, as lords of karma, prophesizing future events, just as the angel did in the Bible. So these are enlightened, awakened beings. Normally, Dakinis are, are depicted as being naked, which is also kind of another similarity. Um, but the difference is they're normally seen dancing with skulls and bones because they're associated with death and dying. But it's not death as in like our body dying, our material body dying. It's more in the sense of dancing upon the corpses of samsara. And samsara is like the mental attributes which are the poisons of mortal existence. So the things we can get trapped in our own mind about, you know, so they're kind of the destroyer, they're, they're depicted as the destroyers of these mental tricks and illusions and poisons. Um, and they're, um, so yeah, the meaning of Dakini means sky dancer. And, you know, these angels are always seen to come from the heavens. So it and it relates to the nakedness of perception free from the mental faculties. And it's depicting the emptiness of the space they dance upon. So imagine like a clear mind, you know, free of illusion and obscurity. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of um which I guess we're going to go on to talking about the angles of light. Yeah. Because they're, you know, when you're working with um, those angels there, it's all about how the mind is working. So they're, they're about encouraging accelerated thought, which is mm -hmm. more positive thought. And when so when you can call in the energy of certain angels and maybe the current angels because there's, are we going to go into that now? Or yeah. A bit? yeah. Yeah. So there's like an angel for every astrology sign. This is like 
connected with astrology. So if you're interested in astrology, you might like... Oh, that, that angle of light deeper into the astrology one? Let's go yeah. into that a bit later after we kind of talk about um, what, you know, that guy, what was that guy's name that you made the video? Watch the video on? And um, Matthias. Yeah, Matthias, he was talking about um, some concepts that we want to bring up. And I think when we go into yeah, him... Yeah, so, but it, I won't go into it, but it is connected with this i think with the with the mind because it's all more like having a death of trapped negative thoughts and mm. which hold us back and keep you in a slow dense energy where the working with these angels like they're it, it feels more like the gods or that you know that these dancing mm. um indian ones but it's that same kind of energy you're calling in on that to eliminate that slow um, mind and bring in, like, especially with the dancing, because if you think like dancing can be like kind of fast moving mm-hmm. and it is accelerated energy and accelerated thoughts that, that brings us out of that slow denseness of the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. So we've read all these stories and myths and we can take them literally or like the Buddhists kind of relate them to the inner workings of our own internal universe. So when we look at the fall of angels, it's very much an alchemical process within ourselves. When we look at us at the fall of mankind, the fall of humankind, it's, it can also be related on a personal level as well. So I feel like I have gone through this process myself. It's the fall of consciousness into death, into dying. And it's, you know, we can see in the world how many of us have fallen into this kind of Luciferian principle, this darkness, this obscurity, you know, where the sky of our mind is no longer clear, where we can, where we can no longer hear the orophim or no the um whatever seraphim chanting the words the words of god you know the the frequency we can no longer hear it because we have fallen and i think it's a representation of falling from our god nature falling from our true awareness and getting carried away into the form and the material desires which are associated with lucifer with the fallen angels, if they are overindulged, you know, sex addiction, gluttony, all these things that become like when we overindulge into materiality, we are, we have fallen. And they represent the two polarities of life. As we move forward, we can see these timelines in our own universe, in our own world, in our societies, and these two polarity, what these two polarities create. And we have one side, which is yearning to desire and desiring to reunite with the true essence, with our God nature, with our Christ consciousness. And the alternative is to fall privy to the dark, churning desires of samsara, samsara, the cycle of suffering by the constant need for gratification of our senses, whether it be through you know, any of the things that I just described. So you can see there's these two kind of things where we can either 
go in, you know, I overindulge into this, which will ultimately lead us to suffering, or we can continue yearning back towards our God nature. And I think all these descriptions are external metaphors for our own internal journey back through the Christ consciousness, back through to the original sun, the sun that is the natural law, the nature of the universe. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, just to kind of recap, the Luciferian principle is one of illusion. And the Hindus describe it as Maya. Illusion which leads to suffering. It is the mind when it's like wrapped up in thoughts and worldly things, lost from its um, enlightened nature, its Christ nature. And um, yeah, when we look out into the world, we can see just now, like when we think about how our futures can go in as a human race, we see that if the Luciferian principle is kind of illusion, he, the Lucifer principle, likes to uh, build a paradigm outside of the natural law. It like it's a lie. It's an illusion, and um, you can see it now. You can see how much has you know tricking us into this weird dream. You know this dream where we have to adhere to certain rules and but we're all hurting at the same time like why are we suffering in this world you know and then you know you can even see virtual reality i think the metaverse is kind of the one of the apexes of the luciferian principle it's like let's remove ourselves so much from nature from the source you know from the true law that we have to live in a virtually simulated environment you know i feel like we can see these Luciferian principles playing out. And, um, you know, a few of us, a, couple, a good handful of us have kind of awakened out of the dream, out of the illusion, you know, uh, whether fully or not, I feel all of us are still striving towards that kind of awakened consciousness and um, climbing up the mountain, you know, you could say. Um, but, you know, many could say that man is the result of this fallen consciousness within ourselves as a kind of journey to i think it's and we're going to go into it through um how this journey we wouldn't exist without it and it's actually the impulse of god to lose itself and find itself once more um through the act of kind of creation and being separate from what it from everything yeah and i think a lot of us, especially in the spiritual community, we truly understand and believe that we're, we're constantly here to grow and learn. And if we have nothing left to grow and learn from, then we cease to exist, that we we don't need to be here. We can pass on to the other side. And I do think that is something that keeps us anchored in this life and here in the physical is because there is that aspect of, you know, the fall and the rise. But it's like you can, that's why you always feel that in life. You feel like, oh, everything's going so well now, why this? It's like because we constantly need to be challenged and and improve upon, because every time we are, we, we are improving upon how we approach it, how we deal with it. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's, 
in the universe you can say there's like infinite timelines right but i think there's two main timelines because we live in a dual universe i think there's these two timelines where one you can either make your decisions and walk down the path of you know the luciferian principle or you can choose to walk down the christ principle timeline and they're polar opposites you know and and this is kind of where we start to get into um the archangels i, I would so the archangels are kind what we've kind of come to the conclusion are of is that the archangels are frequencies they're aspects within the universe and if you think in the beginning you know god said the word and the universe was born you know in indian text the source chanted om and the entire universe was born the sound sound is the key to this um the universe is frequency and the archangels which when you look at the hebrew um uriel light of god uriel one of the archangels it's an aspect of god this uriel is the light of god the it's a frequency which transmits the light of god then when you look at raf ayel that translated it means medicine of god so you can see that all these archangels are actually aspects of the one primal frequency the primal source um they are not beings with wings um but they are beings of sound of frequency molding creation yeah it's like i would love to touch on like the t- the connection with the tarot because that sort mm. of um connected with witches and paganism which is obviously they're seen as almost enemies um you know paganism which is is the enemy of the christians which we naturally connect with uh angels right mm-hmm. and i didn't notice because i'm very i'm a witch but i feel very connected with angels and i notice whenever i speak about angels i always get a few comments on my videos that's like i don't connect with angels you know they might they often will say they came from like a christian or catholic family mm-hmm. and the energy just doesn't resonate with them they, and they don't feel like it connects with the practice and and although i respect that and it's hard for me to understand having been brought up by an atheist but when you look at the tarot it's really connected with angels there's literally angels in the cards mm. in, in the original rider weight cards so mm. um you have the lovers card which is archangel raphael mm-hmm. And you have the Temperance card, which is Archangel Gabriel. Wait, that's interesting because Archangel Raphael is the medicine of God. So, and I think he's is he the one with the catechus, like the the rod with the two serpents intertwining. I think that's his often his like. Oh, that there's that. Yeah. That's the catechus is on the two of cups card which is connected with saint mark okay um 
and he's like the lion head mm. angel yeah. saint or something uh, who I don't know much about but I pulled this card out because it reminded me also of the winged yeah. creatures we were yeah. talking about before but um, yeah so you have the temperance card with Gabriel and then you have the judgment card um, which is which angel is this yeah look I just pulled up Archangel Raphael because he is he's the symbol of medicine of healing and he has he's wielding the catechus in his hand here oh yeah and when it's is I find it really interesting that the Archangel Raphael would be on the lovers because when you see the lovers you know you have the you know the catechus is these twining serpents and you have the male and the female principle which I think is one serpent and the other serpent twining around the central channel which leads to God and in Hinduism they say there's two principal channels within the body, Ida and Pingala, which are depicted as snakes that rise up the central channel of Shushumna, which leads you. And when those two feminine and ma masculine principles reach the top of your crown, that's when in the enlightened state happens. Yeah, the Kundalini. Yeah. And so the symbology is very similar here. Yeah. And it, the a message that I always take from the lover's card is as well that connection how the the man has to look to the woman who's looking up at the angel mm -hmm. so he has to go through her to find the connection mm. with the divine and it's showing that that connection of us basically within us our masculine and feminine we have to go through both you can't just go through one in order to find that connection especially yeah, yeah. um with the feminine who is the the holding energy yeah. but then there's also the devil card which yeah. we know is a fallen angel lucifer yeah. himself um so there's that connection which you can also connect the angels are also connected with the elements and the directions so for me, I always read the tarot suits, and I've mentioned this before, in the order of the swords, which is air, um, and that is also east. Then you have south, which is um, wands, which basically all of these are connected to angels. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but here you have... Um, Michael is the fire for wands. You got Gabriel for water, Uriel for um earth, and Raphael for air. And then if you think the order of how the directions come up, the sun rises in the east, yeah. So that's the start of the day, and night falls in the north. So in witchcraft, we often can use this it's the time of day you do your ritual mm -hmm. it's um the elements we involve so the angels are very connected to paganism and witchcraft for me personally i i think there's a beautiful connection there and if anyone has ever heard of um 
the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Mm. And this is a practice I've always had on my like to-do list to try out, but it's this physical ritual that you do, um, you know, like physically. And that's also using the archangels again, mm. the four, these four main archangels, which are of the direction of the elements. Mm. And this ritual is meant to banish negative thoughts, which again connects back mm-hmm. to a lot of the, kind of the, the other cultures stuff, that yeah. we were talking about. And paganism is also one of the oldest um, known religions as well it dates way further back than christianity so i always have a strong connection with angels and i feel like um you know it's it's a thing it's something people should be more open-minded about definitely if you are in to witchcraft or paganism because working with these energies can really open up and expand your practice and I found for me and the angels play a very strong part and it's all about harnessing that positive accelerated energy which thrives creativity Mm. and growth yeah because when we actually just think of the angels like when the way I've broken it down is that the angels are merely frequencies of light they're frequencies of source and they they're not beings to connect with they're principles of the universe you know they're in the laws of nature to be an angel you have to you know these archangels are the you know manifesting rays of reality there's no separation from them you're not like it's not like oh i'm you know like i want to disconnect if you're disconnecting from these archangels you're disconnecting from the frequencies of the universe and the thing is, you don't have to see them as angels, you no. know, they're not, you know, it's angels are just one way, a metaphor to perceive these forces. You can merely perceive them as a force yourself. You can attribute symbols to them, you know, that's that you can do whatever you want around these things. But we're kind of trying to get into the root of what are the secret kind of symbology behind angels and behind the literal meaning behind if you know behind the kind of metaphorical descriptions that we see in all these different cultures and you know i think people paganists who like really refute christian things have Mm -hmm. not healed yet from the trauma of what happened not only ancestral trauma that the pagans were killed and Mm -hmm. you know brutalized for their beliefs but also being raised in kind of i would say a luciferian christian christianity because i think that a lot of the original teachings have been skewed and you know they've been corrupted and many people are being traumatized by the corrupted teachings that are being pushed through corrupt churches and corrupt teachers and preachers so yeah like i sorry continue yeah just last thing i was going to say was that it's important not to polarize if you're in this situation to not polarize against a certain belief because now you're filling yourself with hate hate towards a specific group of people it's that hate comes from your trauma that needs to be healed and when you heal from that trauma 
you you know, I was very much anti any of that. But it's like when you start to see that, you know, it's really people who have done this. It's not, it's people who have corrupted it. And it's these teachings, this, you know, there is a genuine source to them. And when you're connecting with it authentically and kind of reading between the lines, you don't have to polarize and say, I'm a witch, thus I hate Christianity Mm -hmm. because Christianity hated me at one point in time. You know, to polarize like that is... um, to you know fill yourself with a certain negative energy yeah and i love that because i it kind of goes on to the thought that i had around this stuff because i was brought up atheist and i i am going to go on a bit about my personal experience that i've had with angels and um the christ energy because obviously being connected with um christianity jesus he is a deity but he is often not included in witchcraft and paganism i had a personal experience where jesus came to me in a vision and this was such an amazing profound experience for me where i got to experience just the energetic feeling of um christ consciousness which is just pure love and acceptance and to feel that energy it was so powerful I remember like when it first happened um I couldn't stop crying but then even when I would talk about it the the weeks after I I still couldn't stop crying when I would tell other people about it and I just by remembering it it was such a powerful experience for me and it took me on a whole new journey of being open to energy like that something I wasn't particularly interested in at all before and um when Jesus showed up he like it was just him to begin with but came along Archangel Raphael Hmm. and I instantly knew it was him and I'd felt his energy um I'd never seen him but I felt him working with me and his support as a guide and it's just that kind obviously of obviously it's not a he but that's no, how you but he, that's are... how he showed up for me yeah. and this is what I wanted to go on to talking about um is that the angel energy can show up in any form that resonates for you that connects for you and just being open to it you'll be surprised what comes through because what started coming through for me the last couple of years was dragon energy mm-hmm. and we're going to do a whole episode on dragons but my personal experience with dragons and I've seen them a lot in visions and I've worked with dragon healing energy with them and they show up for me very similar if not the same as the angel energy and a lot of people call angels the messengers and that's the exact same kind of energy I feel from the dragons Mm -hmm. they come in when called upon and they help when you ask them directly they come in to pass on messages messages but they don't necessarily um interact with your or you know or change your free will basically they know you have free will but they're great guides and i found that same connection that most people have with angels 
coming through a lot stronger for me with dragons mm. so by opening yourself up to the angles of light the angels of light like Trey was saying it's not about it being a man or a woman with wings or a cherub it's about an energy that they hold and inspire within you because really the universe and everything is living within us and everything we talk about here really always comes back to the inner work and the inner world the Mm -hmm. inner realms right yeah and yeah so I think that is really important to remember and it just opening yourself up just knowing that they don't have to come through as these how you see them in in christian art and things like that they can come through whatever works for you some people even see them come through as old dead relatives you know yeah um but moving on to um just another personal experience that my sister had that i wanted to mention which is about how you can ask angel energy directly to work with you and to help you. And angels are, are known as being really great energies to connect with um, in like a dilemma, like a like calling them in sort of on an instant. Um, like I need help and I need it now. And if it's coming from the heart... Um, and a true belief and trust in the angel guides, it can come through. And I've heard many, many stories from other psychics and clairvoyants, but my sister, and so I really trust this opinion because I'm my sister has no reason to lie to me. She's a very honest person. And um, her experience was that she was driving and her cartwheel blew out. And she called in the help of Archangel Michael. So like her car wheels completely blew out or the, um, the, the I, I don't know cars, but the engine box then went after or something like that. Basically, mm. the car was dying and she was in a dangerous situation where she really needed to get to a safe spot, which was the, the petrol station. And she called in and... Uh, Archangel Michael who is an angel she's felt the presence of working with her in the past um, to come and help her in this moment and just like magic for some reason the car was able just to keep on going without completely breaking down with with a blown out tyre and everything to safety and it took her to safety she was on like a really unsafe fast road you know and Mm. she was able to make it back to safety Mm. and that's just a little tiny experience like it's such a small thing but Mm. you know it gave her so much strength and made her feel so supported and in those moments it shows you we're not really alone and that we can always ask for help and Mm. I know that this is sort of going um more into personal practices and experiences and it's not where we was sort of talking all about the history and the cultures but I think another side of this podcast is also about like us creating our own connection and our own path and we can look for inspiration from history and um, everything like this and 
knowledge but really when it's in those moments where we're quiet within ourselves and we're looking within our own hearts and um, trying to understand our own visions and experiences and you know that you really find some guidance some truth that can really help us on a on a personal level and I think it's important to share these sort of experiences because it gives maybe other people have had similar things or now they're going to know they can use and call upon these energies themselves because they've heard it you know yeah I mean I've had a couple experiences with angels and I never called upon them in these moments, but they were in moments of extreme pressure. And that's when they come. Yeah, the first one was when I was very young, six years old, and I had a very traumatic incident happen to me. And I remember that at the end of this incident, I was very like disturbed and all of a sudden this very warm kind of motherly energy filled filled my body and I saw an angel and I'll go into a little bit later what I figured out from that experience a little bit down the road but I've also seen um, I also was told that when I was young I was I pointed at things and said look it's an angel to my parents and they would look and of course nothing was there and when I was um, when I was a teenager I kind of got into some dark things and I got into with wrong people and I got attacked many times by this gang and they would like hit me and they were you know really slamming my head into things and all sorts of things but the entire time I felt this like layer, this like membrane over my body. And every time I got hit, I couldn't feel it. It was like I literally didn't feel anything. And then, you know, I even had my head slammed into a metal pole and I didn't get a bump or a bruise. And I was... You know, this happened many times and every time this feeling occurred and I even went to the <laughs> to the hospital because we had to try and get um, this like medical proof that it had happened for court and there were no injuries and the entire time I felt like something was protecting me and I did not get hurt in those moments and I don't know why. Like, I, I never called upon them. I don't know why I was protected, um, but I was. And later on, as I began to meditate and kind of dive deeper, I was meditating and I was taken back to this intense childhood trauma when I was six years old. And then I offered light to that child that was hurting. And I realized in that moment that I was the kind of angelic being that was offering protection to myself at a younger age. That's so amazing. And this kind of, this brings me to the point where the, it's, it's all an internal thing. This yeah. is all an internal metaphor that um, we are 
the archangels are not beings from outside. We are within them and they are within us and we can call upon and embody these energies. And, you know, if you think of Jesus, he was very much someone who would say, I am the light, I am the healer. And he was invoking the, the different aspects, the different archangels, and he was becoming them by embodying them. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're starting to do. And this is, yeah, this is the message here, that it's not, it's not something outside of yourself, but all these rays of light, all these different angles are within us. And the final thing is that um, we, there's two aspects, either, you know, this is the Luciferian principle where you're like, I want to be the creator, where Lucifer stole the light of God. He's the one who's called, he's called in the one who takes the light, the one, you know, with the beautiful light. And he's always seen carrying a torch, even in the devil card in the tarot, he's carrying a torch. Yeah. And there's that belief I am, I want to be the creator or I am the creator. And when you understand that difference there, that one is separate and the other one is whole. And it's that realization, I think, that I had in that moment in meditation where I am the creator and I could offer that rays, those rays of light to kind of heal that trauma. And that, that power bled through time it bled through time to me as a younger self. And you can see really the power here that these beings, these um, archetypal forces are beyond our third dimension. They're beyond time and they exist, you know, in ways that we can only just begin to comprehend. Yeah. I have another thing I want to touch on briefly because... We're getting coming towards the end of the podcast, but cool. I did want to just say, like, I don't know, I've not researched this, but this is just my own observation, and I think it's a great thing for people who haven't felt any connection with angelic energy or had any visions, but they're struggling to see it show up in their own lives. Well, I can say there's a definitely one way that you can, and this is my own observation that I've had on my own life, and it's something that I call earth angels. Earth angels to me have been animals or people who have shown up and really changed the course of my life mm -hmm. for the better. So, and they can be people who, or animals that are still around or, or not around, but something that you had experienced with them changed the course of your life and it got you further towards a higher place and more with more growth, etc. or really ended up helping you and people in your life out. And animals is a big one for me. Horses have always kept me really connected with nature the second my second horse Gus he um basically stopped me getting caught up in a very luciferian environment of um the music industry and going too far down that route keeping me connected with nature which in the end brought me to my witchcraft and my connection with the earth 
and then even things like uh, meeting Trey, like the chances of it, it's like an earth angel come in and my life has completely changed and so has yours, you know, I think we've represented earth angels for each other because we've, we've brought each other more on our divine path mm-hmm. and I'm just saying you have a look back at your life and look for those earth angels and how divine and unlikely it is that that happened. They came into your life. Um, and I think even Bianca, you know, yeah. how much she, she's been there. That's Trey's little dog. She's definitely an angel. <laughs> yeah, I think animals are the best way to start when it comes to looking for earth angels because they bring in such a gentle, earthly presence into yeah. our lives. And, and animals, for me... Uh, an extension of Gaia of nature and um, so they're sort of a lead for many people into then connecting with plants and the mm. earth and the planet in general so I just wanted to quickly mention that because I think that's a really great place for people to start and I think earth angels whether that's really what they are it's just what I see them as um, no, I, I actually really like that because I think yeah, throughout my, you know... Through everyone's growth. life, Yeah, right? throughout my growth, and personally, I feel like I have met people who maybe in other aspects of their life aren't repre- oh, representing angels, but in the collection of when we come together, there is an angel aspect. So it's like, you may even be an angel to someone, yeah. you know? Because you, everyone has, like you were saying, that... that the, we all have the diversity we have the that devil and that angel within us but um i think the, my idea of an earth angel is just someone who when they came into your life and animals mm-hmm. and whoever it is an experience even it could even be a, a movie or um a song that mm-hmm. changed your path but like that is earth angel energy it's something in the physical something that's physically here so it's not a vision or an an energy it's something that's outside of us that that you can then start understanding this energy this divine angelic energy that even is manifested in the physical and and we're like trey said we're constantly even doing that for other people and um and you're not even aware of it because it's divinely lined up for that person and you don't need to be aware of it. You're just following the chords, right? Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that that briefly. Oh, yeah, I'm I think sure that's it's... a really good point, actually. It's a reminder that it's really a grounded reminder that the angels aren't outside of us. You know, they're these supreme celestial forces can be accessed at any moment and could it be the old guy that lives next door yeah exactly and it's it is a a karma thing i think just like how um you know these devas or dakinis appeared as like messengers as the harbor harbingers of kind of like the karmic prophecies like when you know when certain energies align you know it will bring a different it will bring out that energy and these, I think, are these the natural tides of this. Like when, you know, you get, you just, you know, walk down the street and then someone hands you a message. 
you know, I've had that happen multiple times where someone just, you know, stops and just comes to me and just says, you need to hear this. Yeah. And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? You know, like where, and it just fills you with an energy. Like I'm filled with something like an awe or like a, a love or something like, whoa, that really was powerful. And you, you know, we can step into these roles. I even feel like I have stepped into a role where it's like, I feel very angelic in this scenario, you know, very pure, very clear, very, you know, my message is like, I have a message to say, and we can step into these naturally, you know, unconsciously, or we can choose to align with them. And, you know, seventh dimension, ninth dimensional beings, you know, whatever you can say, it's all interlaced. It's all Mm -hmm. one, you know, they're not higher or lower in the sense that we think of through a kind of third dimensional brain, you know, where it's like, oh, the fourth dimension is above us, which is above and then fifth dimension about that. And then they're all interlaced, wrapped around one another in this existence. So, you know, we can tap into that as well. And, you know, Jesus, many prophets, Buddha, like, you know, sages, they are aligning with those energies. They're aligning with the different aspects of these forces and they're just trying to you know align to the christ consciousness to the source path to the the godly nature the shine the way for for the for everyone else it's not about a hierarchy right and that's why i think everyone's so attracted to those energies whichever one resonates with who but um it's because they're showing how you yourself can reach that feeling and that connection yeah and the luciferian principle will tell you no it's outside yourself Mm -hmm. you need to be saved you need to be um taught by a priest or a guru or this or that you need to be shown you know it's outside of you you you're going to be judged one day you know that's that's all the kind of luciferian lie the luciferian principle and the truth is it's all within Mm. you like that so that we could literally dive so much deep with this. Um, yeah. I'm just worried that it's getting too long. Do you think we have time? To... Well, what do you have more to say? Do you well, want to bring some other things up? Well, I was going to go into the celestial hierarchy, but I do think basically you can look up and see that there's angels um, connected with astrology so i know a lot of people would be interested in this because a lot of people these days love astrology i won't go deep into it but um just know that there's an angel that covers um every sign in astrology then under them covers and what then, was what was mine again mine i can't oh of uh not distortion it was something with a d <laughs> do you have the page yeah. yeah it's like what you got did you get so slyness did you i get... got no it's slyness <laughs> i got swiftness oh swiftness and i got debauchery That's... yeah that was it yeah <laughs> well debauchery. that was for like every um <laughs> so every under every sign there's an angel who rules every five degrees and then ev- under every angel who 
who rules every five degrees is an angel who rules every degree and every degree is every day and this is what I was sort of mentioning earlier how you can use these angels whether it's your birth angel or whether it's the angel of the day or the angel of the week the angel of the month you can work with the energies of these angels to accelerate your thoughts and your energy and accelerate your thoughts and energy is um is what is that creative energy and so if you think when your mind is moving really quickly you're learning quickly you're absorbing you're creating when you're in a more luciferian more fear-based energy you find your mind is very slow it's going over the same negative thoughts over and over it's so like, how come my angel is the angel of exce- I don't know exce- because excessive indul- <laughs> this is the definition of debauchery i haven't dived into this excessive <laughs> indulgence in sex alcohol or drugs i feel like i have done well that, that's your past i think <laughs> like maybe yeah <laughs> i don't know um i haven't looked too much into it but yeah, so you can create like chants, um, just singing the name of the angel. Like, is that my true calling? You can work with the angels of the day. You sex? don't have to work with that angel. <laughs> wow. I found my true calling. <laughs> it's written in my chart. Angel of sex and drugs. Yeah, but then it's like, I was what born chart to, are you looking at? Are you I looking was at born Western, to rock and roll. <laughs> You're literally the most shaman guy I've ever known. <laughs> I I don't think that's um, correct for you. <laughs> but yeah, so that is something that you can look into if you feel called to. It's basically calling in angel energy to lift you out of a negative space. It's very um, similar to what I already spoke about, which was the lesser banishing ritual. Um, So that's the same sort of thing where you're banishing out and the same as what Trey was mentioning earlier um, with the Hinduism and the uh, Hindu mythology and the Buddhism mythology. Mm -hmm. It's all about sort of banishing negative thoughts and raising our vibration because positive thoughts is accelerated thoughts where we're able to absorb and learn more. And um, I think that is something, including myself, that I could definitely work on. So I know since doing the research for this episode that I definitely want to start working with and calling in the help of the angel energies not Trey's angel because <laughs> it that just seems destructive but <laughs> what about the first aspect of debauchery but there's you know there's lots of yeah that's not too bad <laughs> <laughs> but obviously you can call in any kind of angel that you want um that you resonate with the energy for yeah and it, i think call an angel is like an old term it's like align with a un the angelic principle align with the frequency principle you know yeah well it's just like when we were saying earlier about calling in angels for help even though i know you don't like that term but mm. i guess it's just like that's just a term that i'm used to using mm. yeah, um yeah. but like for someone like trey yeah it would be more like aligning with the energy but it's exactly the same thing of of when they when you felt that angel come and help you in that fight you know it's um like connecting with Mm -hmm. right whether you ask for it or not but 
Yeah, and um, that, that's kind of in the... But it's knowing that you have the power to ask for it. it yeah. Things don't have to get so bad that, um, you know, like you can call that in for yourself. And it, especially with like the mental health pa- um, issues that we're dealing with, a lot of people having depression and anxiety and us having personal experience with that. I just think that this is a great way for a, a great thing to at least try. It's not something I've tried, so I don't feel like I can really recommend it, but I know of others who've said it works for them. So it's just aligning with that energy and not getting stuck in those negative thought patterns. It's, I definitely want to try it because I definitely struggle with nightmares and negative thought patterns. And and it seems great to have accelerated thoughts and be able to learn more and absorb more because you're in a higher frequency. Yeah, I say screw thoughts, clear skies all the way. No <laughs> thoughts. Oh yeah. I, I just want to be oh, yeah. in feeling. I just want to be in Whole Foods and with my smoothie bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Personal joke. I don't joke. think I'm in. I only am emotion. I, I don't think before I do things. You don't need to think. Is you're just like the best artist in the world. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone's gonna get our personal joke, but if, if you, you do, get it, if you do, please message us. Yeah, if you it's get a that. signed podcast. Yeah. You can message us individually, but you can reach us at it's a signed podcast. Yeah, please do. Maybe we should keep referencing that to someone finally <laughs> figures it out. But yeah, that I think that's it yeah. for now. Um, we'll do a quick card pull, and um. Yeah, please, guys, do share the podcast. If you enjoy it, please share it on your Instagram. Tag us. Let us know what episodes you've enjoyed. Uh, We really appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review. If you're listening, honestly, please leave a five-star review. It would mean the world to us because it just gets our podcast to more listeners and to people who can really benefit from um, these kind of deep dives on spiritual topics. Okay, so you're going to pull an angel card. We're both using um, angel decks, so that's very on theme. I got a Diana Cooper. Diana Cooper angel oracle cards Trey is putting from, and I've got one of my favorite decks, my newest deck, which is the Angel Wisdom Tarot deck by Radley Valentine. What a name. Radley Valentine is like the UK king of angels. Like every single angel deck, there must be about 50 plus of them. an old man? Yeah. Does he sing? I don't know, but he channels angels. He's been doing it since like God knows, like probably the 60s or 70s. And he has every angel deck coming out of the UK and Hay House. Um, The production company is uh, definitely by Radley Valentine. He's quite a legend in the scene. There was this one guy, I don't know what his name was, but he was on Facebook. I don't know how what group he was in. I think maybe he was in the Starseed group. But, oh, <laughs> she just pulled the stars. I said Starseed. Um, but he would sing these songs. And he was just the sweetest old man. And he'd just get on his live and sing these songs that were like so angelic and beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like we need, you need to show me this guy. I don't know how to find him again. All right. But he was so So cute. cute. Yeah. And he would just say, you know, wish you guys all the love. 
and all the light and he was you know so sweet all right (laughs) so the tarot card i've got for you guys this week we do a pull a weekly pull every day for every week for our listeners so take what resonates and maybe apply it to the week ahead for you whichever week it is for you the card i pulled from the tarot was the star and this card seems so fitting like if you think of if you know tarot the star is the card that comes after the tower the tower is the card where like everything's gone to shit basically yeah like it's a crumbling building and people jumping out and falling to their death it's (laughs) It's the card of destruction because you never had a solid foundation to begin with. And then the star comes after to to bring light, to bring hope, to bring dreams to that, to bring purity and and the healing energy. It's it's that I've healed and I'm ready to see the light, to bring the stars. And it says on the card here, have faith, the future is bright, dreams come true, positive positive change that brings an end to challenging times the light at the end of the tunnel i think it goes really well with everything we've been talking about about you know connecting with that energy that angelic energy and bringing that into your own internal world and see this week just try that just try channeling that for yourself and connecting with that because i think it can help us all with hard times or negative thoughts or any kind of struggles and challenges that we're having and i think it's sort of showing if you're listening to this if you're taking this message is like hold on to that hope and trust like be open-minded believe you know all these people that that had these experiences and connected with this angelic energy over the centuries it's because these were open-minded people you know who were were open to believing the impossible so maybe this week allow yourself to do that allow your mind to open and and have that that faith that anything could happen that divine timing is real any earth angel could step into your world any vision or any channeling of accelerated positive energy that just gives you all these creative ideas allow yourself to be open to it because the star is telling you it's really possible for you this week and boom, first card, Archangel Raphael. Oh my god, he's like my he's favorite. Been, he's been the angel of this discussion for some reason. I feel like And weird I just opened it on the lovers. Archangel Ooh, Raphael again. again. Yeah, and he's got that catechist, that serpent coiled around the stick. Yeah. And um he I think it's about healing as well. Yeah. He's big message of healing and it says to see with enlightened eyes which is kind of what you were talking about and open to abundance. So it's a, it's a frequency abundance. It is a belief. It is an openness Mm. and it is getting rid of the poisons, the samsaras of negative thought and self doubt. Um, That is what it means to open to abundance is to have the, to no longer hold those negative closed beliefs. And the last one was, Archangel Amethyst. So crystalline energy, very beautiful. And even if you think about the archangels, they're all depicted as a different color, which are the different rays of light. So you can see that 
heart chakra. Yeah, within the rays of light, they're just different aspects, different frequencies within the whole spectrum. Mm. So it's another metaphor within the angels. And it just says, purify your life with love for amethyst and uh, prepare for something better. So I love that you pulled Archangel Raphael. Like I just feel, I, I feel like maybe he's been here with us sort of, you know, that kind of energy has been present with us while we've been doing this podcast. I've been feeling that kind of energy and he, he is the one angel that I've had the personal experience with. And, mm. and I feel like um, with him being connected to the lovers card and, yeah. and, us being a couple doing this podcast i just think oh like it's so divine mm-hmm. yeah yeah he um he's definitely chilling out with us on this couch yeah and he's like really energetic like one's fire energy as well mm-hmm. so um and i've been feeling like this uh, this podcast has definitely had good fiery energy like good energy good fire good oh flame. yes through the fire and the flames <laughs> we carry on all right guys what's your angel again <laughs> debauchery okay all right I remember think to that be debaucherous be... this week to overindulge. no don't don't <laughs> overindulge see what happens no. you'll only find suffering he's kidding okay see you later guys <laughs> bye <laughs>